The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Are there any movie theater open? Movie theaters open? Um, no. Although I did go to a I did go to a drive-in movie um the other day, which was fun because I haven't gotten around to actually doing that before. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned though is new cars are not made to make the drive-in experience happen. Why is that? Because they, you can't, it's really, really hard. Um, my car is like a year or two old. Um, it's like a 2017. It's like really hard to get newer cars to have the trunk open, have all the lights off, and have the radio on. It's a very like complex thing to, to get together. Um, <laughs> because like, it's like, it's like super responsive. So it's like, you know, if you, if you open, if you open the trunk on your car, the lights turn on. Mm-hmm. And like, so it was, it was, it was a very, very, um, it was a very, very complicated thing to try to get together, but I eventually made it work. But yeah, um, definitely recommend taking the older cars to drive in movies because <laughs> those just don't care. Welcome to season five, episode 12 of the Better Band podcast, an all encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. This is the Better Band Podcast. I am your host, and today we welcome back guest Joey Goodsir. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, excited to do another song, and this is definitely an interesting one to continue with. Oh yes, we're we're going off of album tracks, and we've got a live song here. And I figured, you know what? This was released as a commercially available CD that you get everywhere. It's not one of the bootlegs. It's like an official live album, and this is a new song i guess so we'll uh, i'll i'll go ahead and cover it seeing as how i am trying to cover all these 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 pearl jam songs not every single one because there's all these live things and improvs and everything like that but since this isn't a bootleg i figured i'll go ahead and cover this song so we got live on two legs and the uh untitled song here No, it's 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 super interesting, and you know one of the biggest things I um, noted and kind of wrote down when I was getting ready for the show um, was that you know I feel like when you look at bands normally, usually you got your set of you know random improvs that happen live if they do that kind of thing, and then you got all your songs. Pearl Jam is the only band that kind of has this uh, really weird but really cool sliding scale between what's an improv and what's a song. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of songs that fall in the middle of it, but all of them uniquely are more of a song than an improv or more than of an improv than a song. 
you know, because you got songs like Untitled, but then you also have like Out of My Mind from the Vitology era, era, which was like an improv that became like more of a full song. You know, Untitled is a little bit more on the improv side, but a little bit less, I guess, because it got thrown on a real live album and um, has been played, you know, and replicated so many more times. So it's kind of interesting how that works. Um, one of the one of the things that's really really cool about Pearl Jam um, on a on a live stage, and you know, uh, one of the things that uh, I guess my personal connection to this song is it's it's definitely part of the lore that brought me into the band. Um, especially in that like 1998 through, through through like 2003 era of live music, that I think is probably the band's live peak, and Untitled is certainly a part of that. Yeah, speaking of the lore, I think that's like one of the things that attracted me to the band when I was young because I was you know early teen, to eleven, yeah, eleven, a, a tween, I guess maybe eleven, twelve. Or so when the band was coming out and I read comic books and so there's like origin stories and sort of like you could read and it's like, oh, look at this back issue to find out more about this little throwaway line that somebody said or something like that. And so there was all these things connecting everything and it made it seem like huge and mythic and stuff. And with Pearl Jam, they had like an origin story and their own lore in it with the way that the band came together and everything like that, too. And I think that really appealed to the uh the geek in me to, to, to get into this band. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things, you know, we talked about this on um, the Better Man episode, which was the last time I was on, um, you know, how my younger perspective and, you know, experience of getting into Pearl Jam on like a studio album level was super chronological. And, you know, I started with 10 and then Better Man brought me back in a little bit, um, which is what we talked about. Um, but you know, one of the, one of the topics that's been explored is, you know, how, how things could have been way different. Um, and they have been way different for other people. And definitely one of the ways that my experience was a little more unique was on the live side of things, which more applies to this, which is that, you know, really, really that that kind of era of live shows was the first place I went. And what really started to get me into this band on a, like on a, on a fanatic nerd level. Um, Untitled is a big part of that, for sure, I would think. So this song is taken from the live album, Live on Two Legs, which was their uh, 98 tour sort of compilation as they started playing Yield songs and uh, the sort of introduction of Matt Cameron into the band. And um, all the songs were taken from different concerts and stuff all throughout that tour. And this one is from the September 18th, 1998 show, Meriwether Post Pavilion in uh, D.C., D.C. suburbs or whatever, and um, serves as an introduction to the the song MFC, which was uh, taken from the June 27th Alpine Valley show in Troy, Wisconsin. And uh, they started playing MFC and Habit together as they're both Eddie songs and they don't want to switch guitars too much. And so Eddie would kind of play around a little bit between the two songs. He'd have like a little introduction into Habit uh, that he'd play quite often. And then this one kind of sprung up and they decided to put this on the, uh, on the album and uh, combine the introduction from one show into the song from another show. Yep. Awesome. Um, so first of all, um, kind of a cool personal connection. So um, as you said, original, the original untitled track that appears on Live Ed 2 Legs comes from um, Meriwether Post Pavilion out in D.C., um, I actually have a very, very good family friend that um, 
that runs Merriweather and has run Merriweather for a very, very long time. Oh, wow. Um, as well as the 930 Club in D.C. and um, the Anthem in D.C., which just recently opened a brand new um, venue. Foo Fighters opened, uh, opened it up like a year or two ago. But yeah, she's awesome. She actually has, um, she started uh, right in the early 90s and actually has um, a few Pearl Jam stories and a few Pearl Jam related stories because she was responsible for managing a pretty big Pearl Jam show early in their career, uh, kind of right when they were exploding um, in DC. And um, one of the one of the things that um, she remembers and um, one of the stories she's told me before is that um, after the show, um, she got a call um, from uh, Pearl Jam's manager Kelly Curtis um, saying that Stone lost his wallet in a taxi at some point before the show, <laughs> and she had to go hunting for Stone's wallet which is kind of a cool story, but I think she probably managed to show at some point. Um, this is obviously later on in her career. I don't know if she had expanded out to doing Merriweather yet, um, but she's now part of like uh, the company that runs those venues and Merriweather is one of them. So yeah, there's kind of my personal connection and shout out to this performance of the song, but yeah, kind of a, kind of an interesting um, way to start the history of the song. I, I mean, the biggest thing I, I love about it is, you know, getting into like the actual music of it is how you know i guess it's an improv so you know most of the most of the conversation is going to be about the lyrics um as there's you know not much there on a musical level much more than the fact that it's just you know an intro to mfc but i just love i just love the concept of of lyrics kind of symbolizing and um kind of coming from the perspective of a voicemail um which is kind of cool and one of the biggest things that I guess we'll notice when it comes to different versions is how Eddie changes the lyrics over time, um, specifically and most often with the minutes that um, in which he can get to the girl or the person that he's talking to. Um, and we start with 10 here, and that's kind of the standard. And one of the versions I did see more recently, kind of similar to Yell a Lot Better, in which he changes the lyrics. Um, but, you know, you, you, hear all the, you hear all the audience members kind of singing the original version which Eddie has found funny on numerous occasions, um, like noticeably. Um, kind of the same thing happened with Untitled, where he kind of started singing different lyrics, but like the entire crowd was like singing the Live on Two Legs version, and he kind of thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's one of the main things that, you know, we'll see that changes over time. Yeah, and I, th- I think that it sort of became a a real boy like Pinocchio is because it was released as a sort of official song and so like you could go back eddie could go back and listen to the lyrics and be like oh okay yeah that's what i said whereas like other improvs they just kind of go out into the air yeah, and they're done absolutely. and so then it's kind of like okay yeah i don't know that i can't remember the same sort of like without of my mind it was released on an imp- on an import as a, a b-side for Ooh, single and so it's right. like oh yeah you could go back and listen to it and it's like oh yeah those were the lyrics so then you know years later when they perform it the next one or two times that uh, you can be like, oh yeah, that's what I sang, and then everybody be like, oh, wait, what did I, what did I play? It's like, okay, I think that's what I played. All right, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Like even more than even more than out out of my mind too. Like you look at the song on a surface level, and it doesn't really stand out from other improvs they've done in the past. Really, what makes the difference is kind of the lyrics and how it's uh, touched people over time. Um, I think one of the first ways I really like got turned on to this song, like I had heard it before, but I really never took note of it because. I think I just heard it in the in the context of Live on Two Legs. And so it was just like, oh, this is just an improv, right? And that kind of displays, you know, the point that you're mm-hmm. making there. 
but I think it was um, Kenny Main um, from ESPN was guest DJing on like Pearl Jam Radio like a year or so ago, and he played it. And he's like, "This is one of my this is like one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs of all time." Um, especially between me and my wife, it means a whole lot. And, you know, he plays it and it's untitled and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard this before, but this is, this is actually super, super good. But I think that that's, it's kind of interesting how, you know, even, even considering what, what, what kind of puts untitled ahead of other improvs, um, on face value, really all that makes a difference between, um, you know, between the songs that, between the improvs that kind of become something more and just normal improvs is the fact that they were released um, in their own right. So, And uh, musically, too, it's pretty much the same as the intro riff to MFC. He's just picking it a little slower and a little bit differently. So it makes sense that it would go just right into MFC because it's basically the same sort of song. So everybody can kind of get on the same page as like, oh, yeah, it's that thing because, you know, it's just that little intro thing. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I love about Eddie's guitar playing is... Um, it's probably one of the ways I, I identify, uh, with Eddie the most. Um, I've talked about in the past, probably have on the better man episode for obvious reasons when you consider the song. Um, and this one, I guess it kind of applies to, you know, Eddie's always been the most important member to me. Um, you know, I love every single member in their own right. He's in many ways responsible for my original connection to the band. And one of the ways that um, it took me a longer time to appreciate this, but one of the ways in which I think that happened is actually his guitar playing, because I feel like it's actually very, very similar to my approach to guitar as like a young guitarist, because like he's very percussive, very primal, very simple. I'm similar probably because I lack good guitar skill, <laughs> but... But I mean, um, I do kind of have that same like, you know, like acoustic, like the who approach that he does with his guitar playing where it's very kind of he almost uses the guitar as a percussive instrument, which is, you know, more evident on other songs than this. But this kind of shows where like the, m many of the ways he writes guitar parts, it's just like what his fingers do, what he eventually finds his fingers doing, um, just playing around on his guitar. And um, that's a lot of the ways I, I learn, you know, different things with my guitar playing. And actually what happened when I learned how to play MFC at one point, I immediately, you know, figured out how to play Untitled right away. And it wasn't even like a, like a, oh, let's figure out Untitled now. It was literally like, oh, what I'm playing now all of a sudden is Untitled. Yeah. You know, Eddie's guitar playing is important to me. And I guess that this is kind of, this does kind of represent that in a way, because, you know, it's, it's part of uh, what might seem like super punky, but also kind of super simple on one side of just like kind of playing what happens and um you know keeping it simple but on the other hand actually get bring some very very you know lasting results and this is one of them yeah and um at the let me think so in 20 no not 20 oh savage in <laughs> that was so long ago oh my gosh <laughs> in um so then in in 98 they play the song and they start playing it after the uh, the album gets released and they'll play it as an intro into uh, into MFC. But on that um, show where they got the MFC from on Live on Two Legs in the, uh, the June 27th show, uh, he also did an intro to MFC, which is pretty much the Untitled, but it's got different lyrics to it.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, listening to that one was interesting for sure. Um, which, I mean, you know, the only way I guess we could fully learn um, about um, the origins of Untitled and kind of how it came to be is actually by talking to the band. Um, but this version kind of makes it evident that they were uh, just experimenting with improvs. And um, the one improv from Merriweather, I guess, that ended up being on Live on Two Legs was kind of what came out of it to being. Um, the standard for the song so it looks like that there were a lot of untitleds in the running <laughs> to, to to happen um and it just so happens that this was the one that was chosen i mean i guess rightfully so because um again the lyrics are so touching and important to a lot of people but yeah it's kind of interesting yeah this isn't this isn't the uh the untitled that is the uh stone gosser demo from uh, the first demo tapes, which I use part of that in the uh, in the intro song, and it's also not the entitled, which is uh, "I'm Still Here," which uh, is maybe going to be covered on a future episode, and uh, it's not the untitled, which is also the red dot, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, interlude and uh, and yield. Yeah, um, you know that's actually kind of funny. One of the things that comes out of that detail that's kind of funny between all those um other untitled is you know one of the things we talked about right away when we were getting ready for untitled um at the end of uh, the last episode we recorded together was i kind of brought up the deep slash not so deep slash kind of funny slash kind of philosophical point of like is the title actually untitled or is there no title <laughs> like is 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 the title actually has the has the title actually become untitled and i think that actually answers the question that there's other there's other untitled songs in pearl jam's history um that are actually songs that don't have a title as opposed to this song which is actually you know the title is actually untitled at this point because that's what it's been listed as on you know even on like on set lists and stuff and other bootlegs, other bootlegs. um yeah. so i guess i guess through all those um through all those other um, untitled songs, that answer kind of comes through. So didn't expect to actually find an answer to that question, but there it is. Yeah. Well, uh, um, the lyrics change in it kind of, you know, yeah, but absolutely. like, I think the, the one thing that makes it the same song and not necessarily that one improv they did in June, the one that they did a couple of months later, which has become like the official version is he'll always say, he'll always end it with like, never be alone. 
at the end, which I think is sort of one of the right. main things that yeah, people kind absolutely. of uh, kind of latch on to, sort of emotional core in the lyrics of the song because it never changes, but then also kind of like, yeah, people don't want to be alone. And oh, yeah. yeah, with you, I could never be alone. It's like, oh, yay, it's, you know, kind of romantic and stuff like that. gonna say that the the kind of the the root of having a car and being able to being able to escape with someone um like in the prospect of being able to escape with someone else as opposed to by yourself um kind of being the root of the song but then again he has used other he has referred to other forms of transportation in uh different other other lyrical versions of this song um as opposed to just a car although it is kind of fitting that um using a car has been the main thing because of course mfc is a car song in every sense of the word. And um, I guess it's kind of like, it kind of works really, really well to have those two songs together thematically because it goes from, uh, I can, you know, I can leave in this car with you and I'll never be alone. And then um, MFC is about actually sliding out of reverse and to drive, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is the sort of, hey, I'm, I'm calling you. I'm going to, I'm on my way. I'm going to pick you up. I'm about to leave. And then once that riff hits, it's yeah. I'm leaving. So it's like, okay, I'm here. Let's roll. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool, you know. MFC actually being, you know, I don't want to get too deep into that, but being, I think, one of those songs on Yield that's heavily underrated. That's kind of like, you know, escaped like being like super popular, which is like odd when you listen to it because it's like this, you know, like between this and other songs like In Hiding, it's like how did these songs not end up 
breaking out at least in some form in some way but yeah the relationship between untitled and mfc though is very very interesting because it's you know it's obvious you know it's obvious that that's like you know that's where untitled obviously comes from without mfc untitled doesn't happen but then you know it's been played 48 times and you have these two times um where it was once played by itself before unthought known yeah and once played by itself before last kiss um which i didn't actually go into listening to those but it is interesting how they have actually experienced, experimented with them. And I think I talked to someone about this um, when I was on Live on Four Legs, the setlist draft earlier this month. Um, I think someone, I actually brought this up because I used Untitled in my setlist to give you a shout out. <laughs> but <laughs> I think someone brought it up. I think that those, those, those uh, versions come from like the mid 2000s is when they kind of started to, started to experiment with that. first time that they played it uh by itself uh may 23rd 2000 and then again yeah. in october 7th uh 2009 okay so yeah there you go 2000 kind of a 2000 zero thing didn't really stick as you know we see we saw it plenty of times on the most recent tour and it always showed up with untitled and you know that'll always be the norm um it'll be yeah. interesting if they ever do that again but you know um i think it's it's interesting because you know kind of like how there's the sliding scale that I talked about between improv and song when it comes to Pearl Jam, there's also kind of a sliding scale between, you know, snippets of, of other songs that they put within songs versus full tags versus, you know, mixing two songs together Mm -hmm. versus actually what's two separate songs and what's not. Um, It's, it's insanely case by case and um, untitled represents that because in most other contexts, we'd probably consider it to be an intro to a song you know, kind of like an interstellar drive into corduroy thing, but, um, untitled 
because of what it is is very very much its own thing and i guess that those performances kind of push that forward yeah those 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 uh two solo ones not as an intro i think definitely was to a troll all of the uh, pedants and super fans that are like, it's not a real song. It's just an intro. Oh, it's just an improv. I was like, well, they did play it in between these two other songs. So oh. yeah, absolutely. Give people uh, <laughs> something to argue about for the ages over the internet. For sure. Um, so have you seen them play this? I have not. I have, unfortunately, as of now, only been to one show, which was Wrigley that's Night right, 2018. Right. Hoping to get a lot more in as soon as that's possible. Um, and hoping that I get on title at some point because I do love this song truly. But it's it's kind of been interesting to see more recent versions of this. Um, one of the things that I um, brought up earlier before we started recording was that um, in Rome back in 2018, Eddie kind of told a story about being with some friends in a small car in um, in Italy, and they kind of went to they were in Rome and they kind of went to an Island. I don't remember what, it, what Island it was or something, but they went to an Island or something that was like a little village right off, uh, right outside of Rome. And they kind of like got stuck there or something. But he says that he like vividly remembers kind of the freeing feeling of being in that car. And, um, the, one of the coolest things he said about, you know, writing songs is that they can help you return new, you know, feelings of those memories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where, uh, kind of both this song and MFC brings him to. That was that was a unique introduction that we saw from them more recently. So Untitled, I think, has actually kind of I, I I don't know statistically, but I think it probably has gotten a lot more play relatively recently. And yeah, we'll see how that keeps going. And I hope I sure hope I get it at some point. Uh, many many years ago, a few friends of mine uh, we took a drive out of Roma and uh, we went down a place called uh, Porto Eccoli. And uh, we're driving this cool little car, you know. And maybe things weren't going so good, and it just felt uh, like freedom to be in this little car with no one knowing where you were. And, and one uh, one good thing to have a song written about it is that. Uh, the song always takes you back to that feeling. Yeah, it looks like that was the uh, the show at the uh, the Stadio Olimpico. Did you build the Stadio Olimpico? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in that one, by the way, he does say um, twenty three minutes was the minutes on that one. But you know, just to show how how that varies all the time. Yeah, I don't know what else. Uh... Like like I said, like this is like as far as like straight up facts and everything like that about the song and everything. I mean, you're not going to find any real story behind it or anything like that, just because it was an improv and stuff. But I, I think that you know most people latch onto it because of of uh, the lyrics and stuff like that. And I think that um it kind of gives a little bit of uh, weight to the sort of the comedy improv sort of uh, acting improv sort of uh, uh, maxim of, you know, first thought, best thought, or don't think or something like that to where, you know, just whatever's coming up in your head, you know, go ahead and do it and don't give it too much thought is sort of, you know, the tapping into something artistically or creatively pure, more pure than, you know, trying to, to really hone it and make it better. I think that when you're, 
just going off the cuff or something like that. You're going to not think about what you're feeling. You're just going to feel it and you're going to, you're going to let it out. So that makes a more raw connection than uh, something that may be more broad and that you can explain better if you're searching for the right words and you're, uh, and you're trying to explain something, making it more creative or making it rhyme even and stuff like uh, they've done in later songs as opposed to earlier songs. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the other thing is like you know, the 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 title and nature of the song lends itself to being a cool deep cut for super fans, mm-hmm. and I guess um, it's easy for fans to latch on to that and um, utilize that because you know, like you know, you come across people, you come across the you know, Pearl Jam still is still around crowd, which I don't know how that exists, but you know, regardless <laughs> of that. You know, there's there's the people who um, kind of have Pearl Jam defined as this one thing, um, and probably one of the most specific yet easiest ways to to break the ice on that on that kind of narrative is: Have you heard Untitled? <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's already like whoa, way out there. So, um, you know, that's it. It it very very easily and very very quickly falls under that you know, Pearl Jam songs you never knew, you loved category. And, you know, I'm sure there's 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 plenty of lists like that online and it's a part of it. I think I made my own playlist that's similar to that. And Untitled is probably on it. So, you know, it works into that and um also kind of shows what's cool about this band on that level because um I think one of the the, the common experience of the biggest of Pearl Jam fans is that these songs grow and change with you as you continue to listen to them and continue to be a fan. And as that happens, um, you eventually uh, find kind of the gem in every single song. And I think that every there's there's a there's a hidden cool thing in every single Pearl Jam song. I mean, it's not super unique from other bands, but I think it's I think it's it's really really easy to realize that uh, when it comes to Pearl Jam. Um, that there's kind of this one kind of cool thing in everything that you can find and latch on to. And it kind of, it kind of opens up the rest of each song for you. I think that it is sort of like a, like you said, sort of like a deep cut favorite for, uh, for a lot of people, especially like people who like, who don't listen to bootlegs or anything like that, or people who only have the, uh, you know, the first couple albums or whatever like that. And they're like, eh, live stuff, whatever. Right. Absolutely. Which, I mean. I think those people are missing out on at least an entire half of the experience, if not even more. Well, it could be really daunting too, because you know, you hear it's like, Oh yeah, they released 72 CDs of live shows. Like what the heck? No way I'm getting into that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the favorite, one of my favorite things I've ever read. Um, and I reread it and I forgot it was, um, coming. My dad and I are on the way, are on the way to my lake house. And that's when the, uh, the, the bootleg special happened on Mm -hmm. program radio. And, um, you know, we listen to bootlegs, we listen to Pearl Jam bootlegs all the time, you know, he agrees to do it, but I more make him, make him do it. But anyway, we're, we're listening to this and, you know, I'm kind of reading the Wikipedia page on the original bootleg series. Cause I was trying to find something, some information. I didn't, I don't remember what it was, but I came across the sentence in the Wikipedia article about Pearl Jam's official bootleg series that made me laugh out loud. Cause I forgot it was there, but, um, you know, when those 2000 bootlegs came out, Pearl Jam immediately broke the record of the most releases simultaneously on the charts at the same yeah. time, which is hilarious if you think about it. But <laughs> like anybody's going to be able to compete with like you know here's seventy five albums, but um, 
it's it's really cool um and you know that's that's what i love it's 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 super freaking nerdy but that's 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 <laughs> who i am and i will i'm gonna embrace it and untitled is part of it let's see we're going to uh wrap this up then and uh the way we do that is uh, i ask you what is something do you think that people should do to sort of spread kindness and uh share the light i guess to try to make the uh the world a better place or at least try to uh cheer somebody up um you know the biggest thing that i've been promoting through you know all of these times and uh, many places it's taken us is i think the greatest power we have is people and something that uh, we could use to make a big difference that we don't often use enough is let's just let's just come from a place of trying to understand where people are coming from um let's have more empathy empathy is such a powerful thing that i feel like people don't often appreciate as much as they should so you know the th- the thing i would suggest to share the light is just like take a minute to think of someone who you absolutely like either hate or like don't understand at all for whatever reason and just try to understand where they're coming from and what their perspective is and why they might think the way they do or act the way they act and i think if we all do that we we can take some huge steps forward um so that's kind of my way to share the light for sure all right thanks for coming on do you have any other projects or social media or anything like that that you want people to check out you can follow my twitter at joey Goodsir um to see what's happening i got a few journalism things coming out on a local level but then also if you want to dive into personal stuff and um kind of take your spot in the fight for racial injustice um i have i've made a resource with a bunch of friends that can help you that's called humility empathy action that you can find on uh, my other social medias thanks for coming on joey and uh We'll talk to you later. Have you back to talk some more Pearl Jam. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip, or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Joey, and as always, this is Brandon saying... Listen, Spielbergo, Schindler and I are like peas in a pod. We're both factory owners. We both made shells for the Nazis, but mine worked, damn it.